Hey there, welcome to the High School Hamster Wheel Podcast. I'm your host, Betsy Jewell. Today I am thrilled to welcome Beth Probst to the show. Beth is the founder and CEO of At The Core. She has inspired parents of college-bound students to think strategically about how to select the best fit college, major, and career so they don't end up wasting precious time, energy, and money. In today's episode, we're focused on middle schoolers and why it's not too early to be talking to them about careers. No, we're not talking about helping them choose a career in middle school and stick with it. What we are talking about is starting to plant the seeds and open up the window to exploration and awareness. Students in middle school and even younger are exposed to careers every day, whether it's through television, on the internet, or in real life. They see people working in education, in medicine, retail, and other fields. And that's helpful, but what's even more helpful is helping them learn more about themselves, what they enjoy, what they're good at, what they don't enjoy, and what they can't possibly see themselves doing. During our conversation, Beth shares lots of helpful tips for parents to help get teenagers talking about careers. She also believes, as I do, that self-assessment is a huge part of the process. And what about passion? Do teens need to have a passion in order to find a successful career? Stay tuned to hear Beth's perspective on that. There are a lot of valuable, actionable tips here. So let's get started. Hi, Beth. Thanks so much for being here today on the High School Hamster Wheel Podcast. Thanks, Betsy. I'm glad we connected and that we get to do this today. I am so glad we connected. I've said this before, you are my people. I love when I find my people. And we have to thank our friend Joan. We have who connected Joan. us. Yep. Joan. Shout out to you, Joan Helwig. We love you. Yep. Joan loves you. I think Joan um, is is a dedicated podcast follower who is in absorption mode. So I love it. And I love that she connected us. Yeah, me too. Me too. I'm super excited about the topic we're talking about. But before we get started, um, can you just spend a minute or so letting my listeners know who you are and what you do? Yep. My name is Beth Probst, and um, I grew up in the Midwest, Midwest girl still in the Midwest, mom of two in college, um, married 27-ish years to the most amazing man. And I have a background, funny enough, Betsy, in application development and database management. Um, That is what I went to Purdue to study, followed a brother into a major at the university where our parents met. So do you think a whole lot of thought went into that? No. Um, (laughs) However, as everybody's career has twists and turns, mine did as well. And now for the, actually since 2012, I lead a team of professionals who are helping families navigate that path from middle school to high school and then off into college. And for all students, formal education ends and they begin their career path. So that is what we do. We support them in lots of different ways. Yes. And I'm a big fan of all of the work you do. And we do, we share a lot of similar type clients. Um, But one of the things you focus on, and we're going to talk about today, which really piqued my curiosity is the middle school years. So there's a lot of talk and a lot of press and a lot of resources 
around helping high school students figure out what's next, right? What's after high school? What's a career? Are you going to college? But more and more, we're starting to find out that it's not that high school's too late, but there's certainly a lot of benefit to start these conversations earlier. So tell me, why is there value in spending time with middle schoolers with regards to career planning? I, I think the first thing that comes to my mind is that they are ready to discuss it. And so when I think about when a child is ready for something, you know, it's best if what they need is right there served up for them. And so if it, since I know, and I think most people with middle schoolers know that their kids are already churning and chugging and thinking about lots of things. And believe it or not, careers are something that they are absorbing on a day-to-day basis through social media, through programs that they're watching, through observation. So it's good to come alongside them and give them some real resources and guidance as opposed to you know, just allowing them to believe that all crimes are solved in 60 minutes, a la CSI, right? That's a a misnomer, but they can pick those things up. And so it's good to kind of temper those those little nuggets that they're gathering with some real world resources and some guidance. Um, Beyond that, I guess another thing that's important in those high, in those middle school years is that we know as moms, Betsy, that those those middle school years very quickly turn into those high school years. And so it is really good to do that. Um, just a few things to kind of anchor the thought process and decisions and to allow that student to start thinking ahead to what options I might have in high school. Um, it's just, you're just building, planting the seeds, starting that growth in that middle school time when they are absolutely, they are ready. They're ready and they should, we should help them take advantage of that, of that readiness with some resources. It's not too early. Yeah, I, I agree. And I feel like middle school, they still talk to you, (laughs) especially where, where boys are concerned, right? It's very hard to have a conversation with high school kids who are also, as I put it on the high school hamster wheel. So they're already caught up in all the things that they need to do in high school, which is another podcast episode, yeah. but yeah. Um, but I think in middle school they're still they're not feeling the pressure yet. They're still feeling like they can explore. There's an openness and opportunity because I, I think that's what's lacking. And I've said this on the podcast so many times. People are probably sick of hearing it. There's not enough exploration going on in schools. It's very um, one size fits all. And you know, back in the day, we used to have all kinds of co-op opportunities um, in like home ec and woodshop. And and a lot of schools don't have that anymore. Oh, for sure. And, 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 and so that hamster wheel, and we'll, I think we'll talk about that in a little bit, that, that value of, of exploration and kind of, you know, I'll weave that in as we talk today, because I think that's really important. But, but just going back to those middle schoolers super quick, you know, one other thing I think that they, not only is it not it, it is their value. It is not too early because, and, and a lot of times parents will almost think, Betsy, really, should I really talk to my seventh grader about careers? Yeah. And not only, like I said, they're ready. I think the real appropriate thing is to always be age appropriate and to think, 
what, how, how can I come alongside my student at age five or age 10 or 12 or 15 and help them with the thinking that's going to let them make good decisions at the end of high school? And so exploration is key, right? Trying things out. But I, I'm also very big on, and, and hopefully I'll come back to it multiple times as we talk today, but to us, the entire core I work for a company called At The Core. The core of good decision-making for students comes from self-assessment. So teaching our, te- our, our middle schoolers at a time when they're also, not only are they being exposed to career stuff through programs and social media and stuff, they're being exposed to all kinds of different, um, they're seeing their peers, different growth, different acceleration, different pace, Um so-and-so's good at this, you know, so-and-so's a foot taller than me and, you know, is much better at basketball. But what am I good at? What am I? So helping a student understand how to take stock of their strengths and their interests and values and preferences, even as a middle schooler, and to come alongside them and help them know that they have some strong personal traits. They may struggle with some things and that's good to take, take, keep that in mind too. You know, they may, they may have a huge heart and value, you know, certain qualities or elements in the world. Well, I think helping a student know that those little bedrock principles, those parts of who they are, are going to help them make better decisions about careers, make better decisions about things they want to study in high school and beyond. So so I just wanted to, to take a moment and, and um, give a tip of the hat to, to self-assessment while in middle school, learning how to do that, teaching them how to do that, and then allowing them kind of to fan the flames and keep doing that through those high school years. That is the key. I'm so glad you brought that up. And yeah. I, I'm a big fan of self-assessment too, whether it's a structured self-assessment or through conversation or just experiences throughout their life. I talk about this for older people too. I I call Mm -hmm. it your zone of genius. It's where what you're good at and what you enjoy intersect. Right. And I find, I ask a lot of high school kids or even college kids, what are you good at? And a lot of them can't answer that question. No. Isn't that the saddest thing, Betsy, that they can't, they, they, and a lot, I would tell you, I don't think they've thought about it. I don't think they've ever stepped back and thought, what am I really good at? What do I enjoy? What do I, yeah. So I'm glad you're asking. Yeah. Yeah. But to your point, if we can help them learn to identify those things earlier and solidify those as they get older, that's going to benefit them later. So how do you go about doing that with your team, with your middle, middle schooler? How do you teach them to learn how to start doing some self-assessment? So age appropriate, again, so whether a student is is five or, or 10 or 12 or 15 or 18, I think to, to me, it comes down to, um, a, 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 I'll rattle these off quickly, but, um, and they can really happen in a discussion format with your own teen. What are your strengths? What are your struggles? What do you really struggle with? Um, what do you value? What do you prefer? And that one's usually a, you know, do you like a day when you have no idea what's ahead for you, come what may? Or do you like your day to be pretty structured and predictable and known? Like, which one do you thrive in? Um, Preferences, values, lifestyle goals. Oh, my gosh. Our kids can talk about lifestyle goals. And so that doesn't come in the form of 
like what salary do you want from a career? Because they have no concept of how that salary will allow them to live in a certain way or not. But they can say, you know, a lifestyle goal, you know, I understand I might not make a lot out of college, so I'm okay with having roommates. Or, you know, or some, a kiddo may say, you know what, what's really important to me is, um, you know, I love skiing. And I want to make sure no matter what, that I have a way to incorporate skiing in my life. I, you know, whatever, whatever it is. A kiddo may say, you know, my dad or mom has tremendously challenging work hours. And I have watched them all my life have ridiculous work hours. And what's important to me is I don't want that for myself. Right. So what if believe it or not, those nuggets are inside of our kids. And I think that they've just never had a chance often, like that student that you talked about that can't articulate their strengths. I mean, how sad is that, that they can't, they've never talked about or thought about that. Um, so so th- I just wanted to start with what are those elements that a student can start to know about? And then how do they identify them? Well, that's going to be different, I guess, depending on the situation. If you're a parent that can kind of go into that what would I call it, non-biased interview mode with your child. And not all parents can do this, but if you can, then there's a wonderful technique that I call shoulder to shoulder. Um, So perhaps when you're in the car with them, it's not confrontational, right? You're not like, what are your strengths? I don't know, you know? And so it's not (laughs) confrontational. It's more, you can lob them the softballs and they can have a chance to think about that softball question and answer it. And you can even you can even say, well, you know, you told me about that pro- that long project that you did, you know, in in social studies this year. What you know, what was it that surprised you about that project? What what did you what did you find more challenging than you ever ever experienced before? You know, what 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 was super exciting that, you know, the day came when you got to do this and you're, you're excited about that. And maybe it was nothing, you know? So I, I guess just getting kids to start to think about those questions and, and Betsy, you know, you, I think, you know, for years, we've actually done a, a workshop in a small group setting for um, students in seventh, eighth and ninth grade. And it's part self-assessment when we have them do some exercises, some min- manipulation exercises. We have them do a little mini interview. So we're getting them to think about and consider their strongest traits in several different ways. And then once they've been able to document that, what I know about me, we teach them how to take that and start to look at different careers and size up whether or not um, this kind of career could be a good fit for me or not. You know, this kind of career has some elements that are a fit, but others that aren't. And so teaching them how to do that at, at that early age so that they can continue doing that. It's very fun. But what, but whatever method a family can use uh, is, is anything is going to be helpful to start planting those seeds. Yeah. And I like that you brought up, it's, it's kind of about what, what resonates with you, but what also are you eliminating? Because I've heard from some skeptical parents that, well, how is my kid going to decide at 14 or 16 or 18, what they're going to do for the rest of their life? And I'm like, they're not going to decide that. All they have to decide is what's next or more importantly, what's not next. Yep. And I, I really like that approach where, yep. 
you know, I don't want a job that is going to require me to work 60 hours a week and on weekends. Well, okay, that's going to eliminate a whole bunch of jobs. So for years, Betsy, we've used the phrase, the power of elimination, which totally sounds like going to the bathroom, but it's not. Um, so it's, it's the, but elimination is very, you, you've hit the nail on the head. It's extremely powerful. And I can remember one of our earliest students that we worked with, um, we, she found us late in the game. She knew she was heading to college. She knew what college, and she was really struggling to identify. Um, she, she was working on career thinking and was on the cusp of having to make this decision about what major, right? What major am I going to be in? And it was a college where she had to pick the major going in. So I remember printing for her the entire list of majors available at this university and giving her a Sharpie. And I said, your job is to mark out the ones that you would never, ever want to do. And then I taught her a word that I've taught probably thousands of parents. And it's this amazingly, um, it's like a key that unlocks the door word. And that word is because. And so when, when, when your student says, you know, I could never be a nurse. And you're like, awesome. You got to finish the sentence though. I could never be a nurse because. And what comes out is really the nuggets of truth that um, will lead that student to make better decisions, right? Because I, you know, whatever the truths are, they'll say, you know, it could be yucky or it could be too stressful or, you know, hospitals smell funny or I don't care what it is that they say, but whatever truths come out, they're caught. And then you can build upon the things that can be right by focusing on the things, as you said, that you've quote unquote eliminated. Now, one cautionary tale about eliminating. I do ask students to give some consideration to what that career is that they're eliminating and to really ask, do I know enough about it to eliminate it? Or am I just eliminating it based on some preconceived notions that I have that I've picked up here or there? So I think you have to give it a fair shake and before you eliminate it, that would be the only the only addition I would have to the to the to the uh, power of elimination. Yes, absolutely. And I think that's part of this challenge is our kids, teenagers, kids, teenagers, even young adults have such a narrow scope of what a job really is that, and, and it's, it, it'll be funny. I'll be, you know, working with a client and they'll be like, well, I want to be a veterinarian because I love animals. Um, but you know that there's going to be blood. Oh, no, 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 there's not going to be blood. You know, I mean, that's a pretty basic example, but they don't know the day to day. Nope, they don't. And, and that's where career exposure, career exploration. And it's so easy to do. And honestly, I, I did it. I did it with both of my kids. So fun to do. Oh my gosh. I can, you know, I sat and learned about what my oldest was looking at um, careers in finance and careers in accounting. And so the two of us sat together shoulder to shoulder on a sofa and we're pulling up these YouTube videos of people who were like a day in the life of, you know, I, I was a finance major. This is what I do. I'm an accountant. This is what I do. We're looking at him. He's like, oh, I like that part. Oh, I don't like that part. How fun is that? I did an informational interview with my second kiddo 
She asked me to come along to be another set of eyes and ears as she drove the bus on the informational interview with a person who had a job that she now has ultimately settled into at that career field. And it's a field of user experience and user interface design. But she invited me to come with her on, and it was virtual, but it is so fun to do. It's so easy to do. And it's so critical because our students, Betsy, we've been using this phrase, they are career illiterate. They are virtually career illiterate. They have very little actual working knowledge of any careers. They kind of know what a doctor and a nurse and a dentist, they the probably the best, the career they know best is a teacher because they have right. sat and observed teaching the teaching profession in lots of different implementations for years. So they, they probably know that one best. Um, if they're a sporty kid and they got injured, they may quote unquote know what a physical therapist is. And beyond that, it, it it's really limited. And yet, you know, and I know, Betsy, there's a ton of amazing careers out there that our kids, if they just learned about them and knew about them and understood how to take their strongest personal traits and interests and values right? And preferences and lifestyle goals and connected to the jobs that were out there, they could go to work every day and be happy. I mean, people can't see us right now, but we're both smiling because we do work that we like. I want that for every single kid, for them to move into the working world and to be doing things that play to their strengths and bring them joy and fit their lifestyle goals. I mean, I, it's mind blown that, you know, but, but what a, what an important thing for our next generation as they enter the working world. And we'll be right back after a quick break. Hello, and welcome to Guilty Greenie. I feel like we should start off this show by saying it's nearly impossible to be a hundred percent sustainable given the current world we live in. How do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? Not a great analogy for a vegetarian, but you know. Say, we're talking uh, about sustainability, maybe not the best analogy. Don't eat the elephant is the first rule of the guilty green. There's your first challenge of the week. <laughs> Avoid elephants. <laughs> what they used to call frugal is now considered sustainable. So it's such an aha moment. Frugal to sustainable. You can save money and help the planet. That's going to be our new tagline for sure. Yeah, tag. You can find Guilty Greenie on Apple Podcasts or whichever podcast platform you prefer. And join us in tackling the Guilty Greenie challenges. Until then, stay curiously green. I did a an episode recently with Mike Mariner from Road Trip Nation, and he he talked about helping people find careers that matter. And I find too, with the younger generations, they're very aware of what's going on in the world and what they feel is broken and things they want to fix. And I think a lot of them are searching for careers where they can have impact. For sure. Um, so I, I think that's a big part of it too. And I, and I think too, if that student, I, that leads to another very interesting conversation. So as you talk to your kiddo about the things that are important to them and the kinds of jobs that can be a fit, um, I'll just say this out loud. If you take all those qualities and characteristics of your student and attempt to match them 100% to a career, it's very rare that we ever have a 100% match. So I want to just plant the thought for anyone listening that 
they can help students understand what we've been sharing with them for years that you got to, you have to remember that you'll have a vocation and you will have avocations. You'll have ways that you can scratch the itches inside of you in different ways. You might volunteer. You know, you might be able to uh, give back or teach in another way in your community. You may uh, you may be able to contribute to an organization in a different way because your income allows you to do so. So you are able to make an impact in lots of ways. It, I think the initial thought for our students is that, you know, I want to help or serve serve, you know, a particular population. Therefore, I must go and directly come alongside that population and serve them. That is not the only way to, to, to help and serve that population. So I want them to be creative in their thinking um, as they consider those jobs and what they want to do in the world to make an impact. This is all so... <laughs> It's so, so amazing. Oh, no, it's, you know what? These are things, Betsy, I hope, I hope what we're doing is for the listeners that they're, that they're, it's jogging something inside of them that they, they know is true. And, and the high school hamster wheel, as you describe it, is so consuming. They're on that wheel. The kiddo is taking the next class. The, you know, you're weighing and evaluating what is the right level of rigor? How are they going to get to that next thing? And I think, Betsy, we all like imagine or secretly cross our fingers and hope that the kiddo will get to the end of high school and just magically lift up their head after having it down into this world of high school, get it done, that they're just going to magically lift their head up and say, oh, I know. I have my eye on these kinds of careers. Therefore, I should study these kinds of majors on my way toward that career, which means that I probably need to look at colleges that look like this. That is never going to happen. That is right. that that is that is that is a pipe dream. Instead, students have to do things during high school, including exploration, right? If I have an interest in something, I need to find out a way to explore that interest. But but backing it up even a step prior to that, taking stock of who you are, what is important to you, what is at your core, so that you can ultimately make those better decisions at the end of high school. Not and, and for all of us that are crossing our fingers and just hoping that our kids lift up our head, their head and just magically know, let's let's just say that for what it is right now and know that that's probably not going to happen. Very true. And so let's talk about the teens who don't want to talk about it or don't want the exposure, who just kind of shrug their shoulder. <laughs> yeah, you don't you've never had any of those. Reluctant teen. I, I, I do not know uh, this person. <laughs> who, who is this person? Yeah. So you know, what do yeah, parents yeah. do, especially for the kids who start in middle school who are like, nah, not, I'll figure it out when I get there. I don't want to talk about it. I'm not interested. How do we light a fire under them? So that's an interesting question. Um, I, I think the very first thing with any kind of reluctance is to try to get underneath what is the what is the source of the reluctance, right? What is it? Is it fear? Is it in what kind of fear is it? Um, is it that I'm just literally not ready? You know, sometimes students think when they think about the future or think about, you know, like I'm supposed to pick a career, they may feel pressure 
you know, that, that, that we haven't even talked about it, but the word passion, I, I really don't like that word. Um, mostly Same. because what we've seen is that when a student doesn't have a passion, then they feel like they're behind or that they're not, they, that they're, you know, they're, 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 not that I don't know the word, not insufficient. I don't know the word they're, yeah. they're, but they're, they're like missing something. They're missing yeah. something. That's exactly it. Yes. They're defective or whatever. And that is just such not the truth, you know, and, and, and think about their limited, their limited band of exposure through their coursework in, in high school, right? If they don't love an English class or a math class or a social studies class or a science class, that's such a limited band of stuff, right? They just haven't been exposed to things that they might be excited about. But what do we do about those reluctant teens? Um, I, I will share just briefly what what we've done in the, in the work that we do. So, so we do work one-on-one work with older teens. So we do like a workshop for younger teens. That's a group thing. And it's super fun and and very funny and engaging and in less pressure. But the one-on-one work we do with teens, we only will do the work after we tell them exactly how the process works. So, so I'm very big on being honest, forthright, no holds barred with teenagers. I want to let them know. I think they deserve to be treated as the young adults that they are. And so to hide things or to to couch certain things for them, um, you know, we all know our teens best, but I think we have to help them rise to the occasion. So so we share the expectations, how the process works. And, and in, we have the luxury of a teen hearing that out and deciding if they want to participate. So, so that there's that. And then beyond that, when that student is paired one-on-one with a facilitator, that, that student is gaining a person in their life who is super interested and engaged, but they're a third party. So it's not mom or dad. It's not a coach or a teacher that I love and respect. They have no preconceived notions at all. They are there to listen, to absorb that helps a lot. So if you if you're a parent listening, keep that in mind, you know, maybe there's someone in your life that can be that third party who comes alongside your child. But for somebody that can't access, you know, a tool like our guided self-assessment, you know, I did want to share just a just a couple things. You know, you've got to get under that source of the reluctance. You know, try to tease it out because if it gets ignored and you're just trying to kind of push a rope and get through and get through and make progress without really uncovering what that source is, it's going to be really rough. Um, Second tip would be, um, it is often our nature to suggest randomly specific careers to students. Would you like to be an engineer? That student, unfortunately, has no working knowledge of what an engineer is. They have no idea of if it will match up with their strengths and interests. So try to resist the idea of randomly suggesting careers because it's kind of like, it's like asking somebody, would you like beef and noodles? Would you like a chef salad? Would you like, I don't, I don't know. You know, I don't know. I I don't know what that feels right to me right now. Careers are just way too complex. So instead shift the focus to what your students strongest traits are honest discussions about lifestyle goals, money, um, the amount of education they're thinking about when they're done with high school, what they find interesting, 
you know, challenges, things that they struggle with, all those things I, I mentioned before. And then, you know, we talked about it before, the power of elimination. This can be um, super helpful. If, if So if your kiddo is struggling with some of this, you can ask the question, okay, okay, we're going to shift gears. What thing could you never, ever, ever do? Like if, if someone paid you a bazillion dollars and you had to be a this, you would just like say no and they, you know, they say the name of the career and then, but you got to use that word because. So you got to get them to stretch it out and tell you why. And somebody's got to be taking notes, right? Like teens love when you take notes, like documenting kind of what they're saying, because it's like, they're listening to me. This is right. So start a notebook and get that. And then remember just that shoulder to shoulder in the car, non-confrontational. So that's a nice way to remember to have those conversations. Um, weave those in uh, along the way for that student just to help keep things moving forward. That That's great advice. I could have used that a couple of years ago. <laughs> <laughs> well, now you have, um, you'll, you'll use it going forward. Yeah. I do. Um, so our time's almost up, but um, before we go, I would love for you to talk a little bit more about where people can find you and follow you, whether it's your website, social media, any other resources that you want to share, because I know your website has lots of great resources. So let's hear a little bit about that. It does. Um, so the website is gettingatthecore.com. So www.gettingatthecore.com. The company name is At The Core. And the website, again, is gettingatthecore.com. And um, I would tell families to specifically maybe look at two different things. Uh, one, we produce a new newsletter every Sunday morning. It's free. It's high school, college, and career planning information. And if families just read that newsletter every Sunday morning, you'd be so far ahead and would feel so much more equipped with resources and knowledge and thinking. So when you go to the website, you can just put slash newsletter and, uh, oh, excuse me, slash subscribe. It's been a long week. I shouldn't, yes, that was my first big so So subscribe, that'll get you to the newsletter. And then um, we did put together a resource for your followers that was really related to motivating kids for um, doing some of that career research and really learning about and exploring careers. So if families just go to gettingatthecore.com slash career, you'll get to a spot where you can download um, those 12 tips. And they, you know, we didn't even talk about it, Betsy, but uh, we're coming up on summer here soon. Uh, we're recording this in, in the month of March. Um, sunshine out the window for both of us. So uh, summers are an amazing time when students don't have as much of the hamster wheel um, activity. And it's a time when they can pivot away from that and get a part-time job, uh, find a one-week camp or class where they can explore a career field or area that they've been thinking about. We actually publish, I don't know if you've seen it, Betsy, but on our website, we have a summer opportunities page. There are well over a hundred summer opportunities of camps, classes, programs. A lot of them are in the Midwest, but um, they, they are intended to inspire families to look for other things like that in their neck of the woods. I mean, everything from 
Um, gosh, there's a, an amazing marine biology camp on the on the shores of, of Lake Erie. There are athletic training camps. There are there's like Ohio Business Week, which is sort of this this Shark Tank type, you know, create a and they but they have to do all the business parts. They have to do the money part, the marketing part, the manufacturing part, and I, just those little experiences can be pivotal in a student's life if they're thinking, "I'm interested in this." And then they have this mini experience and they hate it. <laughs> I, would, I would. And then what, what word are you going to get out, Betsy, on the, on the drive home as a mom or dad, you're going to go, I hated it because I hated it. Because. Oh, because. I, I, gotta I hated it. it because. Because. And your kiddo is like, because the food was terrible or my roommate snored or whatever. Right. So, so getting beneath that a little bit is, is, is the key, but getting them to just start to, evaluate their experiences all through school is going to be a key that unlocks the door to, to the best future that that student can have. Fantastic. Thank you so much for being here. This has been such a great conversation. Again, I'm so glad our paths crossed and I know we'll, we'll stay in touch. Absolutely. Thank, thank you again for inviting me. I really appreciate it. Big thanks to Beth Probst for joining me on the podcast. I just love connecting with people like Beth who are committed to helping teens learn about themselves and explore options for the future. As we discussed, it's never too early to start planting seeds with kids as they figure out who they are, what they enjoy, what they're good at, and what lights them up. And it's just as important to identify those things that are deal breakers as it is to find those things that they are interested in. My boys are in high school and college now, but when they were younger and I wanted to get them to talk to me and open up, I'd get them in the car, next to me, in the front passenger seat, because as Beth noted, sitting shoulder to shoulder rather than face to face seems to work really well. Give it a try sometime. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you're finding value in this podcast. Please share it with another parent or someone who might find it helpful. All links and references mentioned in this episode can be found in the show notes at highschoolhamsterwheel.com. I'd love it if you would connect with me on Facebook and Instagram. And if you have a minute, please give me a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. That makes a huge difference in helping others find the show. That's it for now. I'll be back soon with another episode of the High School Hamster Wheel Podcast. Anne Marie Kelly. Wild Precious Life is a podcast about dreaming big, digging in and connecting across distance, division, and loss. In each episode, I talk with prize-winning writers, musicians, and wanderers who remind all of us how we can make the most of the time we have. So meet me here. Let's walk and talk and dream and discover what it means to be wild, precious, and brave.